Hello and welcome to Four for State, a show about journalism. We're coming to you from Tourist in Sydney on Gadigal lands of the Eurora Nation, right across Australia on the Community Radio Network, and directly to your device across the globe via podcast. I'm Anthony Dockrell. This week, we turn our attention to the biggest defamation payout in US history. Fox News has this week agreed to pay $787 million US dollars to voting machine company Dominion. Dominion was one of the providers of voting machines during the 2020 presidential election, which former President Donald Trump claimed was rigged against him. Fox News, watching its ratings slide in the aftermath of the election, supported these claims, even though internal communication within the company showed many senior people did not believe the claims being made about the election and the way the election was stolen were true. To unpack this, we are fortunate to have the one person in Australia across the case and the workings of News Corp and the Murdoch family. Paddy Manning is a journalist and author. His latest book is called The Successor, The High Stakes Life of Lachlan Murdoch. Paddy Manning, welcome back to Fourth Estate. Thanks very much, Anthony. Great to be here. So Dominion's defamation case against Fox News has been settled for a staggering $787 million US dollars. It's reported to be the largest defamation payout in US history. Paddy, were you surprised that Fox settled? To be honest, I was because um, for months and months, I had made the assumption that, um, look, there's no way at the end of the day, either Rupert or Lachlan Murdoch wants to um, take the stand uh, in a court case and this will be settled. And it just got uh, closer and closer um, to, and I was kind of being backgrounded that uh, actually uh, Lachlan Murdoch, who hasn't actually you know, appeared in a courtroom since um, the days of the OneTel collapse 20 years ago, um, which some of your listeners might remember. Uh, but yeah, that actually Lachlan was quite prepared to um, take the witness stand and that they saw, Fox um, saw this as an important First Amendment case, which it undoubtedly, undoubtedly was, and they were determined to fight it. And most, most importantly, uh, in February, when we saw release, you know, hundreds of thousands of pages of documents, uh, all sorts of internal emails, correspondence, text messages from uh, the Murdochs, um, you know, key executives like, um, you know, Fox News chief um, Suzanne Scott and talent like Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, all the primetime stars of Fox News. Uh, and we also saw sworn testimony from Rupert Murdoch himself uh, and from Lachlan and from other um, executives and talent at Fox. Once all that damaging evidence was out, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into, but once all that evidence was out, I thought that the incentive to settle was gone. Uh, the, the brand damage effectively uh, was done uh, and that Fox News would be best served uh, and Fox Corporation would be best served by going in to defend itself. And, you know, another kind of um, qualification there is that Fox had a, you know, pretty good um, chance that uh, it could appeal any decision that it lost uh, at the first instance in the Superior Court of Delaware, um, which, you know, I was told, um, you know, the company regarded as a kind of um, shitty judge, shitty jurisdiction, if you don't mind my language, and but they expected they could appeal it to um, ultimately all the way to the US Supreme Court. And 
as we know, um, the uh, Supreme Court has a conservative supermajority 6-3 at the moment, uh, partly as a result of, you know, um, years of um, campaigning, in particular by um, the uh, Senate uh, minority leader, Mitch McConnell, who, uh, as it happens, you know, the Murdochs have donated uh, Rupert and Lachlan a million dollars each to the Senate leadership fund that uh, Mitch McConnell runs. Um, so they're close to uh, they're close to McConnell. Remember, his wife used to be on the Fox board. Uh, you know, so Fox had a, a pretty good chance that it could appeal and prevail uh, on a very conservative leaning uh, Supreme Court on First Amendment grounds. And so uh, that's a long answer to your question, Anthony. But that's me saying that I had come around to the view. Uh, and had and so had most commentators who were looking at this case that Fox and Dominion were both determined to fight it out. And every indication was right up until last Sunday, remember the hearing was due to start this week on Monday, US time, uh, until the judge, Eric Davis, announced that um, there was an attempt to settle, a last-minute attempt to settle, and he put the um, opening hearing back a day. And so we we're all on notice as of last um, Sunday, uh, US time, that there was a last ditch effort to settle. And I suppose, you know, settling on the courtroom steps, that's a long tradition um, and plenty of people do it. But not when all of the, you know, you do it because you're trying to protect the brand uh, um, and to prevent a whole bunch of evidence coming out that, you know, might be, you know, uh, damaging. But in this case, the evidence had already come out as far as Fox was concerned. So I I thought the incentive to settle had gone. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So, but it does seem that there was an urgency to to settle, to avert the case. You've mentioned that Lachlan was comfortable going to court, even though he's obviously forgotten his performance in the OneTel inquiries. But do you think it maybe it was Rupert and the and the, the Fox talent that was the ultimate uh, uh, reason why this case was settled? Well, I do think that's a, a clear part of it. As one Murdoch watcher said to me, um, you know, who wants a ninety-two-year-old wildcard to go into uh, court? What what might Rupert say? Now, you know, personally, reading the depositions, uh, I, I was struck by Rupert. Um, his kind of mental agility at the age of 92, I think it's incredible. There he is um, going toe-to-toe with Dominion's lawyers and arguing the toss over which primetime anchor uh, of among Fox News, um, you know, and Fox Business um, stable of commentators, which, which one had given more or less endorsement to, uh, you know, Donald Trump, and his baseless stolen election claims, including the you know de- defamation, defamatory claims against against Dominion, um, and try, and trying to argue for a distinction between the claims that um, you know some of those um, you know primetime hosts might have made, and any and any endorsement of the stolen election claims by Fox News itself, and uh, you know I think for any 92 year old to be to be um, to be having an argument like that is pretty is pretty remarkable. On the other hand, I think there is a view. There was certainly a view inside Fox um, that some of that evidence was probably Rupert being a little bit too frank and uh, admitting too much. You know, when he said, for example, um, on oath 
um, that, you know, he he wished in hindsight that, you know, Fox had been more strenuous in denouncing the, you know, baseless claims that the 2020 election had been stolen. Well, um, you know, I, I suppose as a journalist, I'm reading that and going, that's commendable honesty and there should be more of it. Uh, but at, at a corporate level, I think there was concern that um, Rupert, um, you know, uh, would not be told, um, you know, what was advisable and what was not advisable to admit and and what else might he admit um, in open court. And so now that was compounded, I think, at the last minute by a discovery um, by Dominion's lawyers that Rupert Murdoch, in fact, had an executive role uh, at Fox, as executive chair of Fox News itself, the subsidiary company that runs the um, news network. So, so all, all along, Fox had been arguing that the Fox Corporation executives and directors uh, should not be required uh, to appear uh, in the Dominion case because they were not directly involved in the coverage um, that went to air that that was a responsibility of Fox News, which is a subsidiary company and it's got its own management, um, including Suzanne Scott, who I mentioned before, who's the chief executive and and, uh, and Jay Wallace, who's the editorial vice president and other, you know, a whole bunch of other people. But the people who work for Fox Corporation, and that's where Lachlan Murdoch is the CEO and executive co-chair, uh, and Rupert Murdoch is the non-executive co-chair, um, and other people like Viet Din, the chief um, legal officer, and and others. Uh, Nalum, there's the uh, chief operating officer and um, financial officer, and you know, etc. Uh, those people had no role, role in the coverage. But then, at the last minute, um, it was discovered that oh, they'd forgotten Rupert was actually the executive chair of Fox News itself, the subsidiary company. Now, they say that was a kind of honorary thing. It was, you know, uh, was some, uh, you know, hangover from a previous, you know, structure or a, a role that he had, uh, bearing in mind that he founded the network, you know, 20, more than 25 years ago. But according to the court, I um, mean, the judge said he, Fox had a credit, credibility problem uh, and that he was very uncomfortable uh, that perhaps Rupert uh, Murdoch and Fox had avoided their obligations under discovery uh, and he appointed a special master to investigate this um, discrepancy uh, just on Tuesday in the in the first hearing. And that might have provided additional incentive to Fox to settle. There might have been more, that, more revelations to come out. Well, that's right. That's right. They, he, the special investigator who was appointed um, had the power to, again, um, you know, call for depositions and... So that threatened to be another, another kind of, um, yeah, that's another uh, painful process. Yeah, and you've got to bear in mind this is all happening as another voting machine manufacturer, Smartmatic, has brought an even larger defamation claim against Fox, um, $2.7 billion US dollars. Uh, and so uh, everything that happens uh, in the Dominion case uh, is forming a precedent for Smartmatic. And uh, and so you you can sort of see how there might have been a desire to um, split the difference, uh, even though seven hundred eighty-seven million US dollars is the largest defamation payment uh, that's ever been made uh, in US history. It's still only a small amount for 
um, for Fox, which generates something like $2 billion of free cash flow every year. It has $4 billion on its balance sheet. Um, you know, the stock has barely moved in response to the news um, in the last, you know, 24 hours. Were you surprised by um, that? Were you surprised that there wasn't even a small uh, blip to the stock price? Absolutely. Yeah. I really did think uh, there will be, um, there will be, you know, something like, you know, a 10% fall or something would have been uh, uh, what I would have expected, um, you know, just based on the size of that payout. Uh, but, uh, it's all happening at the same time as, you know, in very important um, uh, carriage fee renegotiations that Fox uh, News is involved in and which, you know, are a little bit complicated for an Australian audience, but they're, but they're an important source of revenue revenue for and profit for Fox. And they're happening right now this month, three of the biggest renewals um, that Fox has to negotiate. Uh, and these three-year deals together are worth $3 billion dollars. And if they're trying to renegotiate at the same time as they've got a you know messy six-week court hearing going on in Delaware, uh, you know you've got three billion dollars on the one hand, and you know eight hundred million dollars on the other, and I, you know which is greater. So, um, uh, so, so I, I think Fox just came to the view that they would have to, um, they would just have to lump it uh, this payment. And uh, and they can afford it. Um, no, there's no expectation from any of the people that I've spoken to or seen quoted in the media in the last 24 hours that Fox is going to go broke or anything like it. Uh, and, you know, partly that's because its ratings have held up, even through all of the terrible headlines that we've seen about Fox in, in the last two months. Um, their ratings in some uh, demographics have actually improved um, and certainly in the important primetime slots, uh, they're holding their, their ground. Um, and that's because of the nature of their audience. You know, their Fox News audience is um, does regard the rest of the media with some hostility. By and large, they, you know, think of other news channels as unreliable fake news media. Uh, and they're incredibly loyal to Fox, and well, they're I, I not wonder, reading wonder, the New York Times. I want to get to their audience in a little bit, but w- one point I want to raise here is, you know, frankly, if this was a normal media company, when something like this happens, the largest defamation payout in U.S. history, heads would roll, and a lot of them. Um, however, this is, doesn't seem to be a normal media company. The internal communications that Fox make make it pretty clear that Rupert and Lachlan were in the loop across the details. So... How do you think recriminations are, are likely, and how deep do you think they may go? Uh, well, it's a it's a delicate situation. Clearly, um, there are um, there are shareholder suits uh, on foot. There's one at least that's been filed already, and apparently there's another eight law firms recruiting for um, recruiting for clients um, to back a. Um, shareholder action uh, alleging uh, negligence on the part of Fox directors um, uh, in allowing all this false uh, defamatory content to go to air. Um, and uh, the so quite apart from the two cases brought by Dominion and Smartmatic, where liability could exceed, easily exceed a billion dollars, which would make it sort of the worst um, financial uh, crisis in terms of uh, financial impact that um, Fox has ever suffered. Um, uh, or the Murdoch's ever suffered if you go back to phone hacking and uh, you know uh, other other shareholder class actions that have been brought. Um, so um, 
So, but then, yes, shareholders will not only be looking for some compensation for their losses, uh, bearing in mind all of these payouts are, are shareholders' money that's going out the door. Um, they will also be looking for, I think you're right, management change and or change to the editorial practices. And now, Lachlan has, even in the wake of the evidence that was revealed in um, discovery uh, in the Dominion case with all those emails and texts and, you know, depositions and everything, um, Lachlan has stood firmly by the Fox News um, Chief Suzanne Scott because um, she's the one he appointed, uh, I mean, for an, if, for a whole bunch of reasons probably, but, but also... Um, because he, he, she is the one he appointed um, when after the out downfall of um, Roger Ailes um, back in 2016, you know, in the middle of those um, that bombshell, you know, accusations of sexual harassment by Gretchen Carlson, and at that time, uh, Lachlan made what was, you know, a pretty well received appointment of uh, the first woman to run Fox News, um, Suzanne Scott, um, and. Uh, and uh, she has been in the chair ever since. And he stood by her only in February at an um, industry conference in the States of, uh, where, he, where he said she thought she was doing a great job. I think, I think there will be some focus on the role of Viet Dinh, uh, who is the second most powerful person at Fox News, uh, uh, sorry, at Fox Corporation, uh, and the second best paid after Lachlan himself, uh, because... Fox's legal strategy has got everyone kind of scratching their heads here because it seems to be a bit of a lose-lose in the sense that both the, you know, normally if you're going to settle, it's because you want to keep stuff confidential and that's the benefit of not going to court. In this case, they've had the damaging evidence out and also paid paid handsomely. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I think there are going to be questions about, I mean, there's a bit of speculation ramping up about whether the Murdochs will make a sort of blood sacrifice, as you know, that you might hear in succession. They kind of, um, they've done that before when they, in the phone hacking scandal. Well, James um, Murdoch, James Murdoch fell on his sword um, over phone hacking. Um, do you think it'll well, go that high? Yeah. Do you think it'll go that high or they'll keep it away from the family this time? Uh, well, I think, uh, I, I think it's too early to say. Okay. Uh, if I think if there had been a bloodbath in the share market today and, you know, there was really clear that, um, you know, Fox was in deep trouble, uh, I think, you know, the reaction might have been more kind of punitive. Uh, but, I, but as it turns out, you know, um, I think over two years of litigation in this Dominion case and, um, you know, with, you know, America as polarised as it is, and, and, you know, I hate to say it, but Fox News profiting as much as it does from a, from that polarisation, you know, in a way that is part of their business strategy. Uh, and uh, so I think that, you know, Fox investors know what kind of ride they're in for uh, in a way and, um, and they're sticking by the company. And they expect, you know, given the balance sheet strength at Fox, they expect that it's going to survive. And so it may be that there's no need for um, heads to roll uh, 
although, you know, time will tell. It's only the settlement's only, you know, um, less than 48 hours old at this point. So, well, th- uh, so this is a really interesting point, though, and it's not one that I would have predicted yesterday. So, you know, uh, Dominion's attorney, Justin Nelson, after the settlement was made, said, truth matters, lies have consequences. Today's settlement of $787 million represents accountability. But it doesn't seem to represent accountability at all um, in in the the parallel universe of Fox News. Um, they don't have to apologise. They haven't had a mm. they their share price hasn't been hit. They clearly aren't going to radically change how they operate or potentially even how they run the business. Um, does, does it surprise you that at this stage there does not seem to be any form of accountability when you have the largest defamation settlement in history? Yes, it does. Uh, it does. It is surprising. Uh, but, you know, I suppose we are used to seeing the Murdochs weather all storms, you know, and it doesn't matter whether it's the phone hacking scandal where, you know, uh, I think the accumulated total liabilities have now exceeded a billion dollars um, since 2011 when it first broke. And, uh, in terms of payouts to people whose phones were hacked. Um, and then also, uh, you know, for example, the uh, payout that was made uh, after shareholders sued over nepotism when um, News Corporation bought Elizabeth Murdoch's Shine uh, television production company for, you know, best part from memory of $600 million or the OneTel scandal when, um, you know, that was... Uh, one of Australia's uh, biggest corporate collapses at the time and um, News Corp shareholders lost more than half a million dollars at the, in, in that um, in that uh, collapse and that was all shareholders' money and the Murdochs, you know, Lachlan Murdoch certainly emerged unscathed, um, although he did have to give evidence and say, I don't recall, 800 times. Uh, that was the worst of it um, as far as he was concerned and, you know, I, I think... There's been a long-standing um, kind of criticism, uh, I suppose, of the Murdochs that uh, they control the company with an economic interest of something like 12%, but they have the voting, you know, through their um, two classes, voting and non-voting shares, um, they have a voting stake of 40% and they've been able to um, kind of insulate themselves from the normal standards of corporate governance that, you know, you would expect of a, such a major listed company. And that uh, I suppose in this case, uh, we're seeing another example where um, maybe it is obvious that you would call for the CEO's head, um, but the CEO in this case of Fox Corporation happens to be Lachlan Murdoch and uh, there is no prospect um, that, you know, Fox is going to round on um, the son of the founder. Hmm. And and the designated successor um, who is taking over from Rupert at the, who is now 92, you know. Uh, so I think that whether, you know, perhaps there's, you know, there's already some speculation uh, I mentioned about a blood sacrifice, which, you know, might, you know, maybe there's going to be a focus on someone like Viet Din, who's responsible for the legal strategy that has seen Fox, um, you know, uh, come up with such an, an expensive payout. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, and, you know, that's a big stretch in itself because L- Lachlan appointed Viet Din 
Uh, he is very close to him. Um, he is a godfather to Lachlan's eldest son. You know, this is someone who has worked uh, hand in glove with Lachlan for more than a decade. So, uh, so, um, and, and loyalty is a big thing in this family as well, isn't it? It is until it isn't. You know, Rebecca Brooks um, had to uh, resign. Um, Les Hinton, who worked for Rupert um, for decades, had to resign as the then uh, head of News International. Um, these are people that Rupert Murdoch, um, they were loyal to Rupert and he was loyal to them, but they still had to um, resign in the middle of the phone hacking scandal. Um, so it is quite possible that this scandal, which is, you know, ultimately had such a huge, I mean, it is a global story and, you know, the 2020 election and Donald Trump's stolen election claims and January 6th and the, the whole fallout, I mean, it obviously is still continuing. And, and I should say uh, it's not resolved even now as we speak how Fox will handle Trump in the run-up to 2024 if he continues uh, uh, to, you know, make these claims. Are they going to air them? Which he, well, uh, he will. He will keep doing it. There's no question that he will stop. And But th- this brings me back to um, a lot of commentators are quite angry that the court case isn't going ahead, saying that US democracy is the loser. But do you think a, a six-week court case would have been a pivotal moment for democracy and media in US, or do you think it would have been what you what you unpacked earlier, a long process for Fox News taking this to the Supreme Court? Uh, well, um, I I suppose there's no question about the importance of the case. You know, the ever the case that Dominion brought was very strong, and so some legal experts were saying, and so just to just to be clear. It's very hard to get a defamation case up in the United States. Um, the a key doctrine um, set out in the case of New York Times v Sullivan in 1964, a ruling by the Supreme Court there, requires that a defamatory statement not just be false, uh, but that it be uh, knowingly false or or made with reckless disregard as to whether it was true or not, and that is described as actual malice. So you can't, you you will be protected by the First Amendment, which which guarantees freedom of speech and a free press in America. Um, you'll be protected if you are a journalist trying to um, establish the truth and you make a mistake, you make a false claim. Uh, but if you were, um, if it was a mistake, uh, you're still covered. And the Supreme Court has upheld that right. Uh, but if you knowingly make a false statement, uh, at, or you or you do it with restless, reckless disregard as to whether it's true or not, and that's what Dominion was alleging in this case, then you uh, might not have the protection of the First Amendment. And so the stakes in this case were incredibly high because if uh, you know, according to media lawyers that um, I was reading, um, you know. Had been quoted in the in the you know in the media in, during the coverage of the case, they're saying if this case didn't meet uh, the test of actual malice, then nothing did because all of the emails and texts and correspondence uh, that we discovered um, through the Dominion case showed that everybody from the Murdochs down, uh, including the primetime hosts, 
knew that the claims that the election was stolen uh, and that Dominion had been, as a voting machine manufacturer, flipping votes from Trump to Biden, they knew those claims were false. There, There are some caveats there because presenters on Fox Business like Lou Dobbs or Maria Bartiromo, um, there was no evidence that they ever disbelieved the claims. But just about everyone else knew that it was rubbish. Sean Hannity knew it was rubbish. Rupert Murdoch knew it was rubbish. Um, Tucker Carlson knew it was rubbish. Uh, they all knew Sydney Powell was, um, uh, you know, could not be trusted. She had no evidence for the claim she was making. Ditto for Rudy Giuliani. But that's not what they said on air. And so if they have said those things on air, um, then surely that meets the test of reckless disregard for the truth of these defamatory allegations. And they are defamatory. There's no question about that. And that had already been ruled by Judge Davis in this case. He'd already said these are defamatory per se. It's crystal clear that the statements were false. Uh, And, you know, if you read Dominion's writ, it's painful reading because they wrote to Fox News multiple occasions, multiple executives saying what you are putting to air is wrong. More than 20 times the claim was made that Dominion was part of a conspiracy to flip votes from um, Biden to Trump. And so, and so there are, there's plenty of commentary to say that if this case didn't meet the actual malice test, then nothing did. And you could um, lie with impunity. Do you, so do you see this as a, a wasted opportunity for a, a cleansing moment in the political climate in, in America? Um, you know, um, I could wish... I could wish for a cleansing moment, <laughs> but I but I don't think I, I could say that this case would have provided it any more than the astonishing evidence that's already come out um, would provide it. You know, I mean, unfortunately, this case leaves America just as divided um, as it was, uh, you know, in 2020 or in 2021 when it was launched. So I I I don't I. I don't know whether, you know, the case also had risks and and that was the other point I wanted to make is that there were, you were just starting to see, um, you know, legal experts saying, for example, in a New York Times op-ed last Friday that, um, that there are risks, you know, people should be, you know, wary. They might be cheering on the demise of Fox News because they don't like Fox News, but um, they should be wary of any decision uh, which limits the First Amendment and protection of the uh, free press. And you, you, I suppose I always, as a journalist, um, err towards uh, favouring freedom of the press. Uh, and, uh, and I think there were dangers. There was some um, merit uh, in, a, in Fox News's argument that there was a chilling effect um, to a case which... Um, you know, sought to limit their ability to report on uh, intrinsically newsworthy allegations being made by the President of the United States. Now, there's a whole lot of counter-arguments to that, which we could go through, um, because ultimately, surely, if you're a news company, you've got to report the truth. That's your fundamental obligation. And Fox News fell short of that uh, in this case, and that was already established in the pre-trial hearings. So, um, so, but I, I'm just saying there are, there are, there is a counter argument that um, there was a danger out of this case that you know, you know, free the free press would be kind of uh, constrained by a, any ruling that resulted. Yeah, what we have, I mean, even plenty of people wanted to, 
you know, uh, were looking forward to the trial. I, I wasn't, I suppose, in a way, because I would have to sit up, um, you know, uh, turn nocturnal <laughs> and sit and dial in from my study in Sydney um, to listen to um, six weeks of, um, you know, scratchy, uh, scratchy phone line. Um, so I wasn't looking forward to that. In a sense, but the but it was the media. It was going to be the media trial of the century. And what other chance do you have to hear um, from Rupert Murdoch himself uh, and all of those stars about how they um, uh, how they you know do you know justify uh, what they put to air? It's been a, a pretty bumpy couple of months here for Rupert Murdoch. There's his on and off marriage and. Obviously, what we've just been talking about, but there was a recent Vanity Fair article inside Rupert Murdoch's succession drama. It painted a a pretty sad picture, I have to say, of a, of a pretty broken family. What did you make of it? There's a lot of a well-known, and I've reported on some of it. You know, well-known um, feud uh, still between Lachlan and his brother James, um, and you know, presumably some of the you know, uh, more colourful kind of stuff that Gabe Sherman reported in Vanity Fair was um, coming from, you know, one of those two quarters. Um, I, I, I've i thought it was a great read. Um, Sherman is a fantastic journalist. His biography of um, Roger Ailes is an absolute must read. Don't just settle for watching the movie. Go back and read the book. It's fantastic. Uh, but, I, but for example, you know, where there's a suggestion that, Lachlan Murdoch was uh, hospitalised, having a, a panic attack over the um, course of the negotiation of the sale to Disney in 2017-18. Um, I'm just not sure that that, uh, that wasn't corroborated, and uh, and I'm not sure that 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 rings true. Uh, and in fact, I've you know I'm told that it absolutely isn't true. So you know I think there's uh, always a tendency with the with the Murdochs to err in favour of the the colourful, but because of the nature of the family and the fact that they are so well guarded and so uh, well versed in you know all the tricks of all of the of journalists, everything comes on background. It can be very hard to um, you know sort through what's true and what's simply juicy, um, and I think. Uh, yeah, I think I suppose I just wasn't sure about whether it was all true, Anthony. Okay, that's what I. Well, that, that's, that's what I. That's uh, well, the way I felt about it, and and that's why I asked you the question because I know you're the one person who's probably in a position to to confirm that read because it was a pretty eye opening read, I have to say. Well, l- let's let's wrap it up with a final question. This is obviously an extremely big deal, a settlement of this size. You've mentioned that Smartmatic are also circling for even a bigger uh, potential defamation payout. There's a lot of this still to unpack, but News Corp is, a, is an international company. Do you see any of this getting beyond the, the, the shores of America in the sense of um, having flow-on effects? And one of the things I'm thinking about is uh, the Lachlan's uh, defamation case against Crikey. Do you think there could be other flow-on effects that we haven't actually unpacked yet or, or thought about? Uh from the settlement, no. Uh, for Crikey, um, that's really complicated, and I think there are too many people um, making the uh, assumption that uh, what we've seen uh, in the Dominion case means it's a slam dunk for Crikey. 
And the legal system is completely different. Mm. We don't have a right to free speech in Australia, anything like what, um, you know, the rights they have in the United States. And we're, we're the defamation capital of the world. And uh, and I think so. I don't think that there's any automatic translation of a payout from Fox in the United States to therefore a you know victory for Crikey uh, in Australia. On that note, I'd like to thank Paddy Manning for being on Fourth Estate, and thanks for listening to the program. This edition was recorded at the studios of Tour CR and heard across the country on the Community Radio Network. Fourth Estate is produced with the assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Thanks to the Foundation for their continuing support. Make sure you subscribe to Fourth Estate on your favourite podcast app so you can hear us talk about media, politics and a lot in between. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, you can stay in touch with us on Twitter. Our handle is Fourth Estate AU. I'm Anthony Dockrell. Thanks for listening.